There are many unanswered questions when it comes to hauntings. And all we have are beliefs and theories rather than conclusive facts. Do spirits haunt people or locations? If there is what is referred to as a residual haunting in somewhere somebody calls home, what if that home's geographical location were to change? This story follows the events that befell a family whose home was not stationary. Welcome to Deliver Us. Andrew and Rachel Hayes were newlyweds. Being in their early twenties and just starting out in their careers meant that getting onto the property ladder wasn't the most obtainable short-term goal. They wanted their independence, and they wanted a place to call their own to start a family in. It was Andrew that came up with the idea of buying a trailer. Living in a trailer does have certain connotations, so Rachel needed a bit of convincing. Andrew took her to a few dealerships to show her that there may be something she might find to be a desirable living space, if only for a short period of time. They found a dealership selling a mix of both new and second-hand trailer homes. To her surprise, Rachel found them to be a lot more appealing than she first expected. Yes, she was going to have to downsize in what she considered to be her dream home layout and furnishings, but there was something nice about the idea of a self-contained home that they could take anywhere, should they desire. Their budget wouldn't allow for a brand new home, so they stuck to looking at the second-hand ones. The salesperson showed them that there was something that was perfect for the size they were after, whilst at the same time being in their price range. The concept of negotiating with salespeople was new to Andrew and Rachel, so they weren't able to identify the pressure of a hard sell. Being caught up in the excitement of the purchase and prospect of owning their very own living space, they went ahead and put down a deposit. It was winter so they decided that they would redecorate the mobile home before moving in closer to the spring. For now, it would sit on some land that belonged to Andrew's father, approximately 300 feet from his house. The first unexplainable activity was when Andrew got a phone call from his father one evening, saying that there was a light that had been left on in the trailer. Andrew explained this couldn't be possible because there wasn't any power connected to the trailer yet and as his father looked back, the light flickered off. The trailer needed fixing up a little, but their budget wasn't huge after spending the majority of their savings on the deposit, so they did their best to salvage as much as they could. The carpet inside the trailer was fine, apart from one large stain in the corner of the living room that was hiding under an end table left by the previous occupant. They hired a professional cleaner to come and take care of the carpets, However, when it came to that particular stain, she was unable to get it out. She left and came back with a different chemical cleaning solution. She explained that this solution would take care of any stain, unless, of course, the stain was blood. After spending some time tackling the stain with this cleaning solution with no results, the dark realisation became apparent to all of them that this must have been a blood stain. Andrew lifted the carpet up, and the blood had soaked through to an even bigger stain onto the hard floor beneath. Being superstitious, the cleaner quickly packed up her things and left. The Hayes 
decided they would have to invest in new carpets after all. It could have been that situation causing her to feel uncomfortable in her home, or something residual from the past events that occurred there. But Rachel started to dream about the trailer. Her dreams, or rather nightmares, involved a father and son that appeared to be living there. It was always evening, and always the same horrific events. Some men would force their way into the trailer and brutally attack the man and boy. The boy died in the living room, and the father in the bedroom where Rachel and Andrew both slept. Being unnerved by the experience, she told Andrew about the dreams. He dismissed it as nothing more than a nightmare triggered by what they had seen on the living room carpet. Andrew had to see something physically to be able to believe that it existed, so it wasn't until his first experience that he realised something was not right about the trailer. It was a nice day in spring, so he was tending to the grounds outside their home. The trailer had a back door, and when he decided to have a break from the sun and go inside, he was closer to this part of the trailer, so he approached that particular door. As he got closer, he was alarmed to see damage to the door. It looked as if someone had tried to pry it open with a crowbar. He was sure he would have noticed this damage upon first inspection of the trailer, so he either missed it out, or someone had tried to force their way in more recently. Several nights later, the couple were having a relaxing evening in front of the TV. They had just had dinner, and cleared the dishes as a couple. Andrew turned to Rachel, and asked if she had left the kitchen sink tap running because he could hear the sound of running water coming from somewhere in the kitchen. He got up and went to the kitchen to check, but the tap wasn't running. He searched the home for the noise and found his way to the next possibility, the bathroom, where he found the shower was running on full. There was no explanation for this, and all the other times they found running water from various appliances in the mobile home. It was a still summer's evening when the Hazers were getting ready for bed. They were startled by the sound of the back door swinging open and slamming on the outside of the trailer. Andrew grabbed hold of a baseball bat he had prepared in case of an intruder and went out to investigate. Being only a trailer, it didn't take long to do a sweep of the whole place. But Andrew found nothing. There was no one in the trailer and from what he could gather when shining a flashlight around the grounds, there was no one outside it. If someone had opened the door, they had made sure they ran away fast enough to not be found. Several nights later, the couple were in bed. Lights were out and they were drifting off to sleep. They both felt a shift in the weight on the bed, as if someone else had climbed in it. Simultaneously. Their hearts began to race as they lay there motionless, whispering to each other about whether the other had felt the same thing. Once they had established they were both experiencing the phenomenon, they jumped out of bed. There was nothing there. Sleep didn't come easily to either of them that night. Curious to know what could be causing this phenomenon, Rachel took a trip back to the lot where they had brought the trailer from. She found the salesman who had sold them the trailer, but he was busy with another customer, so she spoke to a colleague of his. She asked them 
if they knew the history of the trailer they had purchased that winter. The sales rep just told her that any documentation on the trailer home should be in one of the cabinets, which is not what she had come for. She began to explain some of the events that had been happening in their home, and immediately the man's face indicated that he knew something. She probed further. He told her he knew the trailer she spoke about, as when it was on the lot waiting to be sold, they experienced events such as the lights turning on by themselves and the door being thrown open of its own accord. They had no further information on the history of the trailer, so Rachel left without having any more understanding of the cause of the issue. As can sometimes be the case in these situations, at first it can be unnerving, but people get used to having an unseen presence around the home, especially when they are not in a position to sell and purchase a new one. However, all activity seemed to die down until the Hayes had their firstborn, Michael. When Michael was old enough to talk, he started to ask questions about who the people were who he could hear talking and making noises in unoccupied areas of the home. Then one night, when he was about three years old, he started screaming in the middle of the night. Nothing would console him, and he would always be too terrified to say what it was that caused the screaming. The only thing the parents could do to get a decent night's sleep was allow him to sleep in their bed. Andrew grew tired of Michael kicking him during the night, so for a while he took to sleeping on the couch. During this time, Andrew was sleeping one night and was awoken by the sound of movement in the living room. Half asleep, he sees the figure of a child standing over Michael's toy box, rummaging around in there. Andrew rationally thought that the boy standing there was his son who, for whatever reason, had decided to go rummaging through his toys in the middle of the night. The child picked out a toy rabbit out of the box and started walking out of the living room. Andrew, still thinking it must be his son, called out to him. The child vanished, dropping the soft toy on the floor. When Michael turned ten, he started seeing what he referred to as the man. He described it as a shadow in the shape of a man that would always be seen leaving his parents' bedroom and heading to the bathroom. There was nothing threatening about the presence, so the family simply learned to live with it. Years passed, and the phenomenon continued periodically. The Hayes had a second child, a daughter they named Hannah. Hannah had her first child while still living with a family as a teenager. Her son also started to experience sightings, but he exclusively encountered and interacted with the spirit of a child. Andrew got his grandson to describe the child he was seeing and interacting with, and his description matched that of the little boy he saw in the middle of the night, rummaging through his son's toy box. The mystery of what had happened in the trailer, and who the presences in the home were, was never uncovered. The incidences did, however, come to an end of their own accord. Coincidentally, when Michael left home. It's not uncommon for an entity to manifest only around a certain person. Maybe these entities felt comfortable around Michael, and when he left, they no longer felt their presence welcome. Or maybe they followed Michael to wherever he moved to.
This story was based on true events and was adapted, narrated and produced by me, James Deverell. The names of those involved have been changed. This is a pilot season for this podcast, something I would like to make a lot more regular. If you enjoyed it, please help it to grow by leaving a positive review and sharing it on social media. To keep up to date with me on social media, check out my Twitter and Instagram accounts, at Daredevil. If you enjoyed my storytelling and paranormal stories, you should also check out my YouTube channel, Mr. Sinister. Thank you for listening.